Howdy, yokes, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edgehill. And today, we're going to the sunken place. Or maybe we're just playing bingo. So flash your camera in some guy's face. And call TSA. Because today, we're bringing you... Get out! Get Out was released on February 24th, 2017, just 753 days ago. It was on a little itty bitty tiny little, little baby budget of $4.5 million. Uh, made $255 million worldwide. It got a 98% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes and an 86% audience rating. It scored an 84 on Metacritic, which I think is the highest we've done this year. And I really enjoyed it. Excellent. Oh, right. And, and we are joined today by none other than the wonderful and brilliant and genius graphic designer of Bacon and Eggs, the genius behind all of our logos, the genius behind a lot of what the Super Carlin Brothers have been putting out lately. Uh, none other than the owner of graphite.vmb, Vaishan Brandon. Welcome to the show, Vaishan. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Thanks a lot, Tyler and Ethan, for having me on the show. I'm Absolutely super excited a pleasure. to well, be on here and also excited to be talking about Get Out with you guys. So thank you oh for having God. me. We have been Dude. trying to get Vaishan on the show for so long now. We <laughs> Literally asked, AKA we asked him one forever. time before and he was like, nah. <laughs> no, I don't do podcasts. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that was the case, but... <laughs> I think it was uh, just that you uh, didn't have a particular affinity for whatever movie we asked you to talk about. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that was the case. It was just like you know a movie that I probably should have seen by now and just have not seen, I and it was, I, don't, I was scared to admit it to you guys. <laughs> I think it was Star Wars because I was like, Vaishan, you love Finn. You were Finn for Halloween, and and you were like, I've never in my life seen a Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, it, it was Star Wars, and I was I've like, never seen the Star Wars. Right? What what is this Star? The wars or, among the stars. Yeah. Um, really exciting. Vaishan is not a podcaster. He's he's a graphic designer. He's but he's brilliant. We've known him since college. He was in my wedding. Um, so what we did is we sent Vaishan a blue Yeti microphone to record with us. We are going to be giving away that microphone that our own Vaishan Brandon has drawn all over Get Out Inspired Designs. It is on our Instagram page and his Instagram page. So all you have to do to win that, you have to follow, well, to be entered to win that. No guarantees here. But if you follow Bacon and Eggs Pod on Instagram, follow Vaishan Brandon on or follow graphite.vmb on Instagram and like the post from each of us, we will select a winner the Monday after this episode comes out. That Monday is the 25th, March 25th. 5th 325 325 this thing is wicked cool looking it is the uh like all white yeti and then he's got these amazing get out doodles all over it there's like a teacup and there's the the like fallen zone or whatever it's called and it, it's just like i'm so excited for the, you falling <laughs> the falling zone yeah, the twilight tyler zone. totally watched this movie <laughs> the i definitely zone. know what this movie is about um, so I'm super excited to be giving that away. Uh, if Vaishan wants another microphone, we, we can get him one. That's not a big deal, but we wanted to give it away. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I had a, a lot of fun doing it, and I'm excited to see who wins it, and I hope they really like it. Um, and yeah, this microphone itself without the doodles is pretty cool, so I would I know, give it's so it away. cool looking. It's so much cooler looking, cooler looking than mine. When we got our Yetis, or at least when I got my Yeti, it came in silver, which is boring, uh, 
black, which was cool, but they didn't have, and this blue that I have. And so my options were either the blue or the silver. I was like, everybody has a silver, I mean, it's blue. And then they just started rolling out like different colorways immediately after that. And every single one comes out. I'm like, God, I want that. I know. I just want all of them. But I already <laughs> own one. Uh, but yeah, so that's what we're doing. Ethan, do you have a negative critic review for me? I, I struggled to find one, yes, but I do, I do, in, I do in fact have one. Um, and okay. it comes from Louisa Moore of Screen Zealots. And she said, this movie could have been a trailblazing original commentary on race relations. It's a good idea, but it's poorly executed. And Louisa, no, it isn't. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I don't agree with that. Um, I believe that, uh, you know, there's dev- several, dev- duh, excuse me, definitely several different ways you could have looked at it. But I think this was uh, kind of a personal one for, for the director here, Bill. Um, he kind of took it from his own experiences and kind of dealt with it the way he did. But uh, I don't know. I see where she's coming from, but kind of disagree in a way. Well, yeah, and whatever you want to say about this movie, I don't think execution is really the place you can fault it. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I agree with you. I think it was amazing. Um, the, the whole thing was wonderful. I do think I don't know that it. Well, I, the only thing I can see where she's coming from is the third act. I felt like was was necessary. It was good. It was well done. I understand there's a, perhaps a different ending available out there somewhere. Yeah, I don't know yeah. About I've I've heard of that. I've not seen it, but uh, apparently there is an alternative ending, um, which would be very, I mean, interesting to see. But I have not seen it, so apparently. I think I think they set you up for an ending that didn't happen. I would tend uh, to agree with that. Yeah, yeah. They, I think they definitely did. Maybe it was like the original ending, and then it was like, nah, let's switch it up. Who knows? Because here's the thing: people aren't going to listen to this episode if they haven't seen this movie. They're not interested, in, or or if they have any plans to see this movie. So I just want to talk about the ending real quick. We're just going to go ahead and go full spoiler. Uh, I thought at the end when the cop showed up, I thought it was going to be the white cop. Oh yeah. Same. I, I, I thought there was going to be, it was like, oh God. Like this, this whole thing happened and then there's like, it's just going to look so bad. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's about to get caught. This sucks. He went through all of that for the, yeah, for this. Well, we can talk about the ending here in a minute. Tyler, do you have a positive review? Tyler, do you have a positive review about this movie? I do. And I think, uh, I, I've just got just a quick short, short one. Paul Burns out of the Sydney Morning Herald, uh, four out of five stars, four words. It's a game changer. I would definitely agree with that. I would totally agree. Not just for the horror genre, not just for black directors, not just for any of it. It, For cinema in general, this is amazing. This is so, so, so good. This is so important to have also. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. It's definitely a game changer on uh, so many levels. Um, but, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm just super excited to see what else Jordan Peele uh, puts out. And of course us is coming up. Um, so just for him in particular, I think it, it, it's a game changer, especially cause it was like, it came out and everyone was like, wait, who? <laughs> Jordan Peele from Key and Jordan Peele? Pe- right. The, the <laughs> you know? comedian? And so that, that Didn't was they just like. they make that cat movie? <laughs> exactly <laughs> so that was like just a, a you know a, a right sharp turn for uh for him you know uh you know i guess from our perspective seeing the work that he had done previously so uh definitely game changer on many levels oh yeah there's certainly like a tortured soul sort of element to it where you can sort of see you know he's got this amazing comedy but you can see his comedy was all sort of this commentary and with this he's like i'm just gonna hammer it home this is what i've been trying to tell you people yeah yeah th- th- i think that that's very true um so yeah, I, I think that's definitely what he tried to do here, just kind of on a more serious, I mean, almost like doing a, uh, a 180 or 360 in a way, going completely like horror, you know, versus, you know, just, you know, satirical. So. Right. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you. And more. I mean, it, it definitely wasn't without its funny moments. 
either. Oh yeah, this this movie made me laugh. So like yeah. <laughs> throughout the entire thing, I, I was laughing, and it's like you know hard to do that throughout uh, horror movies, but this one definitely did because it's just you know so relatable on so many levels. For sure, for sure. Yeah. So well, we got to do binary review for a binary review. Just want to remind you. This podcast and the binary review and everything we do on this podcast is sponsored by Carlin Brothers Coffee. Always a one. Always a one. That's exactly right. The best thing to go with any breakfast, Carlin Brothers Coffee. Ethan, what's your favorite way to consume Carlin Brothers Coffee? Uh, Hot and sometimes black and sometimes not black. Here's the thing. You like it hot. I like it cold. I, well, I don't, I don't buy the cold brew yet. I just buy the, the beans. And Ethan, what if I told you you could buy the cold brew for 10% off using promo code? Oh bacon? my god, I would be so excited. Could you run through a wall? I could run through multiple walls. <laughs> multiple walls. Carlin Brothers Coffee is a variety of coffee products made by my very own brothers, Jonathan and Ben Carlin. Jay and Ben, I feel like the internet wants him to be known as Jay. I, I like received explicit permission from him to call him Jonathan. I've never in my life called him Jay to his face. He has been Jonathan my entire life. Anyway, him and my other brother Ben Jamin decided to open a coffee company after when I was like five years old we were at the beach with our friends the Purdue's and Clyde Purdue gave five-year-old me like four cups of coffee and they were like you know what this seems profitable so they decided to open a coffee company with awesome sustainable uh, uh, found beans not burnt delicious nice and open bean oh man it's so good. You have to try it. What exactly is an open bean? You know, I'm not sure. Is that like a bean where like the living room is connected to the kitchen without really a discernible wall? Right. Sometimes there's a load bearing wall between. So you got to do a pillar or something like that. Yeah. 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 But like, there's no like, it's not like a door. You don't have to open a door. Right. It's an open concept. Yeah. It's that yeah. kind of coffee. Okay, cool, cool. Just making sure. Yeah, I like, like my beans to have open kitchens. Counter height stools is, is, a, is an ideal place to drink this coffee, but also table height chairs. So how do I get the coffee? So you can go to carlinbrotherscoffee.com slash discount slash bacon. You get 10% off all purchases made. carlinbrotherscoffee.com slash discount slash bacon using promo code bacon at checkout. You can get the cold brew. You can get the beans ground or in bean form. Uh, I've got a brother, Bean Carlin. I don't know if you knew that. Get him get him in bean form. Go buy a coffee get grinder. They're like form. 10 bucks. <laughs> Get him in bean form. I've got a brother, Bean Carlin. Uh, you can also get the tea if you're not a coffee drinker. The tea is delicious. It's got all the things that you need to make coffee. Uh, if you need a coffee maker, filters, anything like that, everything is there. Or if you just want a mug, if you just want to support the show, seriously, carlinbrotherscoffee.com slash discount slash bacon, promo code bacon at checkout. And that lets them know you came from us. Yay. Yay. Woo-hoo. Binary review for Get Out. It's a one. It's a one. You have to see this. Another one. Another, Another one. one. <laughs> Another one. Jordan Peele, bless up. Here's the thing. If you don't like horror, you have to see this. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. If you're a racist, you have to see this. That's great. That's right. (laughs) You know, and I feel like that was the, I feel like that was the market that it just didn't connect with. (laughs) And I'll tell you why. Because because this movie, yes, it made $255 million, Mm -hmm. which is great. But like, that's not a ton of money, but literally everybody I know saw this movie in theaters. Oh, yeah. Everybody. So like, that's where I'm wondering is like, did this movie just not land with like people over the age of 30? Uh, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's a great question. And I mean, I don't, I wouldn't say that those people are like racist, but like, I feel like it didn't really land with anyone who, 
uh, either didn't like horror and maybe thought it was like scarier than they thought it was going to be. Or people who just kind of like don't want to go to the movies and, and get political, if you want to call it political. So I can definitely see why people wouldn't want to see the movie. But obviously, I suggest uh, definitely checking it out. Did you see it in theaters, Faison? I did see it in theaters. Um, I was actually on a date at the time. So it was, yeah! <laughs> it was a very interesting experience. But yeah, I, I saw it in theaters um, and absolutely loved it. I, I saw I mean, it. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say for some, there's like certain movies like, um, you know, I, I want to watch this at home just by myself or maybe like with just a few friends. But there's some movies uh, like this one that you just want to see in public just to get the reactions from other people. And like, that's the main reason why I want to see those one in theaters. Yeah, definitely. Normally, if I'm if I'm going to watch a horror movie, I'm not going to watch it in the theaters. Like, it's not something I want to put myself through. But this movie, I just, for some reason, I felt like I needed to go see it. I felt like it, and it was important it for me to go. It deserves your dollar. Yeah, it deserved my dollar. But for I sure. kid you not, I was the only white person in the theater seeing it. <laughs> In like a pretty full theater, which is always, it's, that's happened to me twice, was for this and Black Panther at the same uh, movie theater in Newport News. And that's always just an experience. Oh yeah, for, for sure. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> definitely a more lively audience, I would say. For sure. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's, a, there's a fairly well-known and sort of joked upon stereotype about black people at the movies, especially horror movies. <laughs> Yeah, you're you're gonna you're gonna get reaction, and, I and you're, you you're not, gonna get it live. <laughs> I sat down, and this this woman came and sat next to me. We shared like a love seat. She was a complete stranger because it was the love seat theaters. She's a complete stranger, and she <laughs> sits down and goes, "Now I don't know if you know about the stereotype about black people at movies, but I can tell you, I'm about to flip the Fortnite out." <laughs> <laughs> and she oh. did. She was you know, slamming the armrests oh and like God. throwing popcorn <laughs> everywhere, and just like there were people looking at her like. Yes, that is how we react to movies here. And I was like, this is the best thing ever. This is how I want to see all horror movies. Oh this is how gosh. I want to see all movies, period. <laughs> it's it's an experience on and off the screen. <laughs> yes. Because it's so true, though. And and, and, and there's plenty of, of especially black comedians that make jokes about, about horror movies like that. And it's just so true, though, because it's such a, like, horror movies are such a white people thing. It's it's Not always anymore. like it's always like how can white people get themselves killed in the stupidest ways possible? Yeah, I mean, and even with that, it's like I think there's also like this well-known uh, stereotype that the black person dies first. Dies first, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, so, and so, like that, like you know, that's obviously refreshing to see that that didn't happen <laughs> in this movie. But that would have been wild. That would have been <laughs> wild. Yeah, movie would have ended. Like, what, what can you do? <laughs> or if it was just about Rod. <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's like they set it up exactly the same way, and like, instead of putting him under, they just kill him that first night. <laughs> oh, Rod. And and uh. then and then Rod shows up, and it's just like, this is my movie now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm T.S. Uh. Fortnite. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that he loved his job. That was oh, awesome. yeah. Oh my gosh. It's important for you to love your job in 2019. Oh, for sure. He just, he didn't, yeah, he loved it. He was, you know, getting in trouble for patting down old ladies because they were going to be the cause of the next 9 11. Oh, yeah. This yeah. Movie, I love this movie. It just had no filter whatsoever. It was just, you know, it, it's rare that you see a movie like this that just doesn't apologize at all for what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, even though it's scripted, obviously, um, you know, watching it, you, you feel like there is no script because it's just kind of like, like authentic and you feel like the reactions are you know real reactions that you know uh, some of your friends would have or you would have to certain situations um and so that's that's another level of appreciation for the movie uh and, and what it did um because it's like 
<laughs> Rod or anyone would just think or say something that you 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 were thinking, and it's just like, yeah, that's exactly how I'd react in this situation too. Well, and that's the I'll one. Tell you, hold on, hold on, Go hold ahead. on. I I do have a minor critique on this point. When Rod is explaining the things to the police department, oh my gosh, yes, I actually that pulled me out of it just a little bit, where I was like, they're not taking him seriously at all. Like there is someone missing mm-hmm. and has been missing for a while, and they're just they're just blowing it off. I don't know if maybe that's just my white privilege showing that the police would blow off that information <laughs> no but. no it, it's not uh yeah no police officer black or white would believe that i think the fact that he like exaggerated the whole uh you know the sex slave thing <laughs> i think yeah. is why uh they kind of dismissed him but for sure um, yeah i don't i don't know i feel like they kind of knew of rod before this instance and it was just kind of like oh here he goes again that was uh, that right. was kind of the vibe i got that like it is not the first time that they have dealt with a cockamamie story from rod yeah yeah exactly tsa is coming because they do say you know now tsa you're supposed to report to your you know whatever yeah your your shift leader yeah essentially yeah so um but no i i I, but i do agree with the point that it kind of like i don't know it kind of took the seriousness of the situation away in a little bit and i understand like inserting a little bit of a a satire uh in the you know as common relief or whatever but i definitely agree with the point that it kind of um in a way, made it kind of more jokey than, oh, Rod's about to say, you know, say the day. It was like, oh, Rod is just uh, a friend who can't really do anything. Well, and I, th- I think right. that was kind of designed to throw you off the trail a little bit. Mm-hmm, for um, sure. As well as it's definitely, there's definitely a certain degree of commentary to it. It's like, yeah, the police aren't listening. They don't care that there's just, you know, another black dude missing. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that scene, uh, apart from the s- scene where... um you know, Chris and his girlfriend encountered the police. I think the scene with Rod was intentionally set up with uh, police officers of color who didn't believe him because, yeah. you know, it, it was meant to show like, oh, this isn't, you know, it isn't just Rod going to the police and getting denied. It's just like, this just seems crazy for anyone to believe, even uh, cops of color. So, yeah, right. I, I definitely agree right. with that point. For sure. And there's a lot of different conversations you can get into about that whole thing as well. You know, how much should we trust the police? Whatever. That's not oh. a situation I'm here to. For have, sure, for sure. Particularly, but just because there's no real happy answer to that question. Um, yeah. But, um. Go ahead. No, but I did. Um. Oh, what was I gonna say? I did. I, I really enjoyed the fact, though, that like, yes, he exaggerated the sex slave thing, but like, he was right about. <laughs> yeah, he got pretty it. much. He nailed it on the head. Well, and they were sex slaves. Maybe not. Uh, you know, grandma and grandpa, but like, uh, the the other guy. Oh, oh yeah, 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 the guy, yeah, true, the true. guy from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, essentially. Um. Yeah, so for sure he was he was right on, on some some points there. Right. Um, and speaking of the guy from the beginning, can we kind of uh, rewind and kind of take a view from the beginning and kind of how the movie was kind of set up? Yeah, let's sure. go for it. Yeah. Um, I, I think the the one thing that I noticed was like the the music in the beginning. It was just kind of like very ominous, and it was just like pictures of the woods, and then it gets into like you know his apartment, but. Uh, one thing I noticed was the song, and it was very weird. Um, it was meant to set it up as ominous, and I actually did some research, and it was actually a Swahili song. Um, and it's, I wrote it down here, it, and it was like saying like, uh, Sikalisa, which means listen. Um, 
Yeah. And so that played to set up the movie. But then you'll also hear that throughout the movie. And it kind of like signals um, both to the audience and to Chris throughout the movie to listen or to pay attention or to know that something's about to go down. So I thought that was very interesting um, because I don't know that that song kind of like stuck out to me. And I was like, what is this? It, it just sounds really weird. You know, so. definitely, definitely does. Um, I was wondering that that's what I was going to something I was going to look up or ask about in this thing was that song because that is it is striking. To say the least. Well, yeah, and, and the whole time there's the theme of Chris being like a you know like a professional kind of guy. He's the photographer and everything, and he's just sort of ignoring these microaggressions of like you know the cop asking to see his ID. He's like, that's not a big deal, whatever. Here's my ID, and then you know all the all just the little things people are saying. And when when the people are sizing him up at the party, when you know the people are like, oh, I bet you're super strong, and I bet you're super fit, and blacks in style now. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's like. Yeah, yeah, that, that was um, that you was. Know, and he's not. He he's hearing it as like these are weird comments, but he's not listening to like what exactly they're getting at. Oh, for sure, and I I think that was intentional because um, it's almost like I've I've heard this before, you know, and I feel like that that was a constant throughout the the movie, obviously up until the part where he's they're like you know hunting him down. Um, was Chris trying to constantly keep his cool, not trying to blow up, not trying to like seem you know aggravated by the whole situation? Um, and I think part of it was like he kind of expected it. And then also was I've I've heard or been through this before, and so it's kind of a normal for me in a way. So that's kind of how I, how I how I looked at it anyway. Right. The only time he believes anything is when he sees something, and not when he hears something. Oh yeah, because yeah. he's looking but not listening. That's the whole. You know, he's the guy with the eyes. For sure. That's his whole his whole thing. You know, they got the. He's got the camera and everything. He's, you know, he he uses the flash to, well, I mean, not intentionally, but that's what he figures out that breaks the dude out of the thing. It's like, that's his whole thing is he's the seer, not the hearer, the, yeah, the listener. For sure. Definitely and that's what that. ends up getting him in trouble is that, you know, if he had just sort of, you know, and, and that's the thing is like, granted, it's a fiction, obviously, but, it you know, I felt like even I would have I taken aback with some of the stuff that happened to him very early on and been like, yo, I should probably get out of here. But I think that's the point. Maybe, maybe this is just something Ethan, you and I can't relate to. That's a t- yeah, think- that's, that's probably what it is you know that's just that's just par for the course yeah for sure i think uh the movie was set up in a way to make it seem as if you know they're welcoming they're warm and you know uh everything's completely normal but there there's this like just very subtle undertones uh of uh not not aggression, but like just appeasement that, that kind of played into it. Um, I would have voted for Obama yeah. a third time. <laughs> yeah, like things like that. It was just like, you know, obviously that was obviously thrown in there. But uh, in situations like that, it's like, OK, uh, you know, I understand why you're saying that. But again, that's just wasn't necessary. <laughs> Some of my <laughs> like best friends are black. Point. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. So, it, it, yeah. So I, I definitely uh, see where you're coming from there. Oh. Um, well, to, re- reel me this, Vaishan, though. If if you had a girlfriend, honestly, a girlfriend of any particular race and you went to her house and her mom hypnotized you against your will, would you stay in that house? I would not. <laughs> well, I think the 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 weird thing about um about the hypno- the the scene where he gets hypnotized and the scene afterwards where he just kind of like wakes up from his sleep is that I don't know if in that moment he realized it. I feel like he felt like something weird had happened to him, but he didn't fully realize he was actually hypnotized until I don't know suspicions kicked in or something like that. Um. So yeah, I, I think. I, 
Good dog. Uh, I think he pinpoints it when he's talking to the the yard maintenance guy, the grandfather, basically. Yeah. And he's like, sorry if my you know running scared you last night. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. I think that's when he's like, oh, I was actually, I, I, I lived through that. Okay. Yeah, as soon as he said that, I would have gone upstairs, grabbed the keys, stolen the car, and gotten the Fortnite out of there. No. I think yeah. the, the daughter is the trick though that's the yeah because you know, she never that, she's he's never alone is the thing right she's the yeah she's the red herring there oh for sure um which and, like sorry go ahead no i was just gonna say even if he's not alone i'm pretty sure she's probably watching or yeah the others are watching you know well and you notice they never drew any attention to it but that first scene the lion is facing the bed at the at the retreat house or whatever the lion is facing the bed when he's going to reach his phone and he turns it around if you pay attention to that for the rest of the movie it's turned back around facing the bed mm. I did not. There could be a camera in there, or maybe there. that. That was my guess was that there was a camera in there. Yeah, yeah, I figured as much. Wow. Um, and like, so here, here's two things for me though that like I guess sort of threw it off a little bit. And this is this is any horror movie for me is like at some point when you're watching a horror movie, you have to be able to suspend your disbelief for people's horror movie decisions. And I'm bad at that. Like my brain in any horror movie is like, dude, why would you continue to go into the house? Like, why would you keep doing this? Why are you making horror movie decisions? Why are you yeah. putting yourself in the position where you're allowing yourself to be trapped like this? Like, he's just like, nah, it's cool. Everything's cool. Like, whatever. There's weird white people. It's like, no, they're not just weird white people. This is obvious. <laughs> uh, y- yeah, in a way. I mean, I, I agree with that up to a, uh, up to a, um, a certain point. I feel like um, this movie is kind of set up uh, great in such a way that you're, you're, you can kind of suspend your, your, uh, your disbelief or anger in the decisions that they're making in the movie because it's like, oh, it's just this guy who loves his girlfriend. He just wanted to get out of there, you know, with his girlfriend. And then it, he kind of figures it out versus, I don't know, a cliche horror movie where they're just in a rickety old house and the, they hear a sound. It's like, oh, let's go check it out. You know, it, it's not that. It's it's totally different. He has some some stake in, in, in this before for he sure. figures out for that sure. he doesn't, you know. so And this is a much more realistic example of the things that happen to people in horror movies. The other thing for me is like, yes, she did a great job, but Alison Williams at no point made me believe that she wasn't a total psychopath. <laughs> Really? I I was completely thrown. I had chills all over my body. You know how all over my body. You know how people talk about somebody having crazy eyes? Alison Williams has crazy face. She does kind of have crazy face. Like <laughs> she's a, a beautiful woman, but she is just absolutely has this like look or this demeanor of like I could literally snap your neck right now and it wouldn't mean anything to me. Like that's just the kind of vibe I got from her immediately. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, even when she like smiled, it's kind of like seems like Trust me, you know, uh, I'm, I'm your girlfriend. Well, like I felt <laughs> I the same way about her in The Sound of Music. So, like, it's not just a this movie thing. It's like a I don't trust uh, that woman at all thing. Like, gotcha. I was just, just thinking oh, this movie specifically. I, I did but. not have that experience at all. When he, I, I did not expect for a second that she was in on it. Well, <sighs> no, they do a very good job of throwing you off with the rest of her family members. Because, like, the dad is obviously so kind and warm and just, like, overly friendly. The mom's weird and closed off and, like, aggressive. Well, the, the thing they do is that the, the mom, you think everyone's on under the mom's spell. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, yeah. And I think I think they hit on that uh, specifically when the brother comes into the picture and he like starts horsing around and she like, you know, snaps at him a little bit or like, you know, calls out his name and he stops immediately. And that's kind of like, oh, OK, she's got control of things. But yeah, he's definitely right. designed to lead you off the, the daughter because he's clearly insane. Just like regardless right. of his feelings in this whole situation, it's like he's still that stereotypical dude that's like going to beat up his sister's boyfriend. Yeah, 
for sure. And like, I, you know, that actor's been in like two movies ever and he plays the exact same character and he's just this weird looking like, again, dude just has crazy face. <laughs> Are you talking about Caleb Landry Jones? Yeah. The dude is in so many movies. Like what? Three Billboards, yes, The Florida that, Project, that American Made, Get Out, uh, Queen and Country, X-Men First Class, The Social Network. Wow. Who was he in Step X-Men? Step Up. Who was he in Social Network? <laughs> In Social Network, he was a fraternity guy. So okay, uh, either way, he plays a, like a major role in two movies, which are this and Three Billboards, and it's the exact same character. <laughs> he plays it well, I would say. He's a creepy looking dude. That's all I'm saying. He's, he's like, a he's like a Macaulay Culkin type. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And this, I mean, this movie was cast. God, words are hard. This movie was cast so well, just from from the top to the bottom. Like, I love, yes. I love Bradley Whitford in this. Like, again, this overly supportive dad role. You know, I love the the mom. I love Allison Williams. Yes. I loved uh, Catherine Keener. Yeah, Stephen Root. Anything Stephen Root is in is good. Is he the the blind guy? Yes. Yes. And oh, then yeah. and he then Rod. Really I mean, Rod was perfect. <laughs> just the great, the greatest comedic the, relief. The clutch character. best friend who's yeah. gonna be there for you no matter what. But yeah, that, he that was that was awesome. Hmm. Um, so I mean, I, I'm trying to think um, as the movie progresses. I'm trying to think about the point to where you know Chris just like snaps and he's just like, I I already know what's going on here. Like I gotta get out of here. He, I mean, he knows he can't trust anybody when he finds all the pictures of her dating all the other black guys. Oh my god, can we talk about that? Like, yeah, <laughs> the the I don't know. This was one of the moments where I was just like, really, how, how convenient uh, for that. Rip. Oh yeah, she's just got this in the little <laughs> corner room. <laughs> yeah, I mean, was it convenient because it was just like a little bit of a plot hole, or was it convenient because she put it there and it was intention? You know, she wanted him to find it. I don't know. What do you I, think? I think it's that because she realizes the only way he's going to figure out what's going on, the only way he's going to believe what's going on is if he sees it in photos. Yeah, I think that that assists with the uh, the hypnotism is that like, if he sees it all in photos, then he's like, oh, this can really happen. Oh, okay. I, I didn't make that connection. but well, that, that And this sense. is a this is a classic like thriller horror movie trope where there's a camera involved. This happens in a bunch of movies. And this is sort of like a digital way of processing this phenomenon. But there's, it's always been in the past where like, you know, somebody takes a picture or whatever and they go into the dark room and they're like developing the photo and there's something Fortnite wacky in the photo <laughs> oh god there's a ghost there's yeah, you know yeah. a picture of the murder being done but like there's no dark room anymore like you just look at the picture on the back of your camera it's a you know three inch lcd screen like true yeah you, know, you don't have that anymore so now now we have to figure out a different way to process that like classic horror movie trope and i should really like that um that it was kind of printed out like that and maybe it was a little bit obvious but it's like i guess sort of an homage yeah if yeah. anything well and i think i think the mom still has a certain level of control there because when you see uh the the girlfriend later in the movie when she's just like robot mode on the phone with people you know what i'm talking about yeah, oh, yeah that's wild that is a wild, wild portrayal holy wild crap portrayal. but behind her is all of those pictures of all the the ex-boyfriends or whatever so i think the way she's able to get into that character so well under the hypnosis spell is that her mom is like convincing her like you're going to feel this kind of love right like it's not an act for her like she's in love with all of these people wow but that was a crazy portrayal from Allison Williams with being able to keep that straight face while putting that emotion in her voice. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was just, that was a wacky piece of acting. I was, I, I, every I time, both times I've seen this, I was like, oh my God. Like, yeah, I didn't realize that the first time, but after I rewatched it, I was like, wait a second, is, is her mouth even moving? Like, what's that? Like, there's absolutely no emotion, but yet you could like feel the emotion just in her voice. And I thought that was, that was pretty cool. Right. Cause when she picks up the phone to talk to Rod, she like, she, you know, you feel it or whatever. And then it, 
cuts over to her and she's just deadpanned. Yeah. Just completely exactly. emotionless. And I was like, holy crap. So, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of great acting performances in this movie. I, I, what, how do you, do you, does anybody know how to pronounce the lead actor's last name? I do not. <laughs> I do not either. <laughs> oh. Hallelujah. Is it? I don't know. Daniel. <laughs> Daniel. That guy. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I I love him in everything I've seen him in, which I think is literally just this in Black Panther, but he's just got this like sort of next level of chill about him that like usually actors aren't able to portray where he's just so like, yeah, okay, I mean, it's it's whatever. Like there's just, he, it's, it's, it's like he's not even acting. He's just no. like a regular guy. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. And um, he just seems like super chill in any role that he plays. Obviously, in Black Panther, he you know he he says very minimal words and 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 whatnot. But yeah, in this one, even when we see him freak out and start like fighting back, like that to me is like a shock. You know, seeing him do that, it's just like okay, he he's got some fight in him. So I definitely agree with the fact that he's uh he, he constantly has this, this very chill vibe to him, and he you know he had to do that you know throughout the movie up to the point where he he decided to. Click yeah, until like he that. until he snaps, and even then yeah. he's just he's so decisive and so like cool, calm, and collected. Even when he's being hunted, yeah, yeah, kind of tactical in a way. You know, he's able to pretend he's asleep and passed out when the dude's like hooking him up to the IV or whatever, which is yeah. nuts. I mean, yeah, yeah, like, yeah to, exactly. To think about that, it's like, and I, and that's definitely you know I think some sort of commentary about how people have to act and especially when you see that when he's around the cop it just it translates the exact same way as when he feels like he's in danger he just sort of shuts down yeah yeah i mean yeah um I, I get what you're saying there. Like almost, even when he feels intimidated or attacked or uh, insulted, he still um, is able to just kind of, um, you know, keep that demeanor together, keep keep himself together. And I, and I have to say, that's something that I think um, personally, I feel like also plays to not just him as a person, but also just the character being in the in the situation of in the setting of Get Out, um, being able to keep that that demeanor no matter what. I think is definitely something that uh, a lot of people. People of color have just kind of like trained themselves to try to do, um, you know, because obviously when you're facing circumstances over and over and over, you're kind of used to it. And so being able to keep keep your cool, even when, you know, when you're against all odds, I think that's something that plays really well in the movie as well. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I mean, I, I can't relate, but I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Well, and that's the thing I think is so important about this movie is it definitely, and, and even this time more than the, the first time I saw it, it definitely helps me relate a lot mm-hmm. better to sort of what is going on. And it helps. Oh, yeah. This, this, can I butt in? Or, yeah, go for it. Like the microaggression commentary is so present and it is <laughs> so clear. Like there are so many people. I feel like, you know, Ethan and I went to a liberal arts college and we're young people and we're supposed to understand these tough issues. And it's still challenging for us. But I feel like, you know, I have regular conversations with boomers every day who do not get this at all. Yeah. Yeah, I mean and and to me that it's like it's so eye-opening, so clear, it's so simple. Uh but it's also so horrifying and sad and like that's the state of things. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, um but no, I think this definitely this movie definitely made it relatable on both sides. I think uh what's funny is that uh it it, it had it had to make it make it very blatant for people to be like, "Oh, okay." I, now I now I get it. Um, you know, and, and we talked about how Pill uh, wanted to just you know hit a home run with it and, and be very direct with it. And I think that that was his way of doing it was just as making it as blatant as possible. Um, some of them microaggressions, some of them just flat out like racist <laughs> comments throughout the movie. Um, right. but yeah, it, it just makes you think about it and make you look at it in a, in a different light. Um, and all within the, the the scope of a horror movie, and so it. it played really well i think for sure for sure and on the subject of what we were talking about earlier 
there was an alternate ending. The, it, this is this is not the quote unquote original ending that Jordan Peele wanted for the movie. He he changed his mind, I guess, during filming. But originally, the plan, and I think this ending was shot and is released. Um, but essentially, Chris, instead of Rod showing up, Chris gets arrested, not by the same cop that showed up to begin with, but by different cops. Chris gets arrested, and they're taking his statement and figuring out about the the murders and everything. And they wanted to go back, and apparently they they wanted to go. The cops wanted to go back and check on the house, see what's going on, and 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 Jordan Peele had him basically say, you know, no, everything's good, I handled it, nothing's going on, like, y'all don't need to go back there, I just don't want to be tried for anything, like, because mm. apparently, you know, he was, he was saying that that's how it would have gone down in real life. Mm. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know if I would have liked that ending. Um, I, I feel like, I mean, I'll have to, I'll have to watch, hopefully it's out there somewhere, I'll definitely want to watch that, because I'll be interesting to see. Um, but I, I just I, just, I really like the ending that that was actually there. Um, I think it kind of threw everyone for a loop, and it also kind of gave you kind of a, a a little bit of a joy at the end to see Rod show up and right. be, be the su- superhero that he he wanted to be all along. You know, uh, you know, using his T- right. TSA skills and seeing him right. actually like just being able to get back to. Well, because you you literally expect the cop, you see the the lights flash and the siren, and you expect Chris to just be shot, basically. Oh yeah, I mean, I was expecting that, that's like hundred percent what I thought. Yeah, I, I was expecting yeah. some police br- brutality. Shit if not happen. even by the original cop, just by any cop who who in this neighborhood just saw you know an African American dude leaning out, strangling a white girl. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that that was that was, and then she like starts crying out for help, and I was like, oh my goodness, no. And you can even, it. and that's again, that's that's the the lead actor's great skills with this is you could just see in his face just the absolute you know resignation that he's like all right well this is how my life ends great yeah i mean he had, i broke he, out of this house just to get shot by a cop this is awesome no yeah i mean i feel like that wasn't the first time we saw him just kind of resign to the situation at hand uh when he was like tied up to the chair and the guys in like the tv screen explaining oh yeah we're gonna like cut part of your brain out he's like and you're gonna be me you know it's like he kind of gave up at that point a little bit um and he kind of like just felt like he couldn't do anything about it that's such a wild premise for this movie too is i was just not expecting any kind of like i I don't want to say supernatural but any kind of like sort of impossible things yeah some pseudoscience of the because obviously hypnotism doesn't work like that hypnotism does work not like that not like that no not just like where you can you know bang a teacup (laughs) and it just makes somebody your eternal slave yeah yeah i and i i think the movie did a good job of i don't know almost convincing people that that is a thing like not necessarily that that's exactly how it worked but the the idea of just being able to have people under your control um couldn't can work that easily and how manipulative that you know people can be to to get to that level right Um, so and this is also 100 percent not how brains work (laughs) <laughs> I do think it's an interesting commentary on photography of today that even if you're a professional photographer, you would not dream of bringing a flash for your camera. What do you mean? I was just making a joke about how, like, the way he breaks the people out of it is with the flash oh, yeah. on his cell phone camera. <laughs> yeah. And he's a professional photographer. You don't yeah. have, like, a flash you can attach to the top well, of that camera. What's interesting about that particular camera as well is that they used, um, so he, he had, like, a pretty large, like, zoom lens on it, and the zoom lenses for those cameras are usually white yes the the, especially the canon ones so they gave him like an incredibly cheap lens (laughs) for him to be a professional photographer just so he could have an all-black camera (laughs) which i thought was very interesting it's something i did not catch last time i watched this movie it is something that definitely a filmmaker would have done on purpose like somebody who absolutely did on purpose cameras for a living absolutely did on purpose yeah did not catch on to that (laughs) there you go well so i actually yeah the canons are white lenses well just the just the Telephoto lenses like that. Right. Um, but yeah, 
there I actually read a couple reviews for this movie that mentioned that exact fact and talked about how like you know they wanted him to have this his, his camera was his tool to kind of like nose into these people's lives and he used it obviously more for observing things than he did for just taking nature p- photographs does he take a picture the whole time yes he takes a picture yeah on his cell phone of the guy well I mean he was taking he was taking pictures with the camera that morning when all the people showed up yeah I think I think he was I mean he pretends okay. to well, like I, take, take a picture I, of the woods to like I know he you know, did because uh, I was watching this with subtitles and there were multiple times where it said star shutter click star <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think he took um, a couple but yeah if you want to read a very interesting review about this movie and about uh specifically about chris's camera you can go to the new yorker and find richard brody who made some very interesting arguments as to why uh, as, as to why chris had the camera and specifically why he was given a black lens for the camera I understand it's a pretty inappropriate uh, it is, review. It is fairly inappropriate, but it is, it is a worth a good laugh if you are into that kind of thing. Just about how one old white dude viewed this thing. Because he loved the movie, but he was basically just was like... Livid about the camera? He wasn't, he wasn't livid, he was just very lewd. Ah, okay. Okay. That's an awful noise. <laughs> Who did that? Oh, that was that Vaishon? No, that was me. That was you? Yeah. What was that? It is the, the the leather on my chair against the ah. veneer of my desk. This is an interesting thing. We're all noticing that Ethan, Ethan noticed the camera because he's he's Mr. Photographer, man. Did you notice? I have no idea why. Uh, maybe you can give me some insight onto this. There's no full-size couches in the movie. They're all love seats or single chairs. Interesting. I have no idea. I have no idea. I did not notice that, but now that you say it, I I do. In his apartment, he has a two-seat leather sofa, a leather love seat, and then in her house, in the sort of I guess the tea room, the drawing room, the foyer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a love seat, and then across from it is two separate chairs um and then in the in the uh, sort of hypnosis room obviously you've got the two chairs facing each other yeah no idea did not notice that i don't know man chairs are for pores i mean couches are for pores <laughs> couches are for <laughs> it's true you do spend you spend i mean the love seat technically costs less money but not enough that you would be like oh i'm saving money buying a love seat speaking spend of couches more per seat. <laughs> yes tyler <laughs> A love seat. A love seat is uh yeah. twenty dollars less. I don't so know. Far. I mean, Chris's apartment is just more immaculately Sweet. decorated than any space that any mid twenty something would ever have. Uh, ever. He's twenty six. He's my age. Yeah. Ethan's age now. Happy birthday, yeah, eggs. Ethan's age. Um, and I do not have that kind of eye for decorating things. You don't have that kind of eye for photography either. No offense. No. That dude took some awesome pictures. Yeah. No, definitely not. He's a professional photographer. For sure. I don't, I, I, on, can I tell you something? Using a $249 lens. Yeah, what's up? I think <laughs> I think a different photographer took those pictures. Yeah. Because he's a fictional yeah, character. Yeah, he's a fictional character, but mm, I he's got the eye. Well, <laughs> I think the fictional version of him took those pictures. I don't think the actor took those pictures. <laughs> yeah. I could be sure. wrong. Do you know something I don't know, Vajon? I, I don't. I don't, actually. Um, But yeah. The great photography. Well, I feel like I read more than one review that talked about Chris's camera and his photography skills. I think that one of them would have mentioned if they were like, and Chris is, I mean, uh, Daniel Kal- Kaluuya. I really don't know how to pronounce that. I, Sorry. I think it's Kaluuya. I Kaluuya, think if I'm that's... doing it wrong. Um, Daniel. Danny. Danny K. That guy. Danny boy. Danny boy. <laughs> that guy. Uh, <laughs> if he was like a world-class photographer, I feel like they would have said, you know, he's a world-class photographer. Well, you know, he's the kind of guy that always go into the he's the kind of guy that has type stuff. Giant prints of his own pictures on his own walls. 
You never taken a picture you were that proud of? Not yet. I also do not own a printer that will do a picture that large. You just go to FedEx Ginkos. Yeah, and they're not cheap. No. <laughs> you just don't take enough pictures of me. There's your problem. You are yeah. busy fact, all of the time. We yeah, never hang all out of ever. The time busy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. When are you going to take a picture of, of Ty walking away in the distance? <laughs> yeah. I have these pictures of Ethan walking away. Not... Not one picture of Tyler walking I was away. actually thinking today that Tyler and I needed to get uh, headshots. I, I I wholeheartedly agree because I would like to add them to our banners. Yep. I would also like to have profile pictures that look similar. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think like like for Twitter, I think that would be a solid move. Indeed. And that's something I could probably knock out in five minutes. You, did you know... This is a fun fact that my Facebook profile picture from January of 2018, I still had a goatee. I didn't even have a beard yet. Yes. Mm. Is that really how old your Facebook picture is? Yeah, Tw- January 4th, 2018. That's not that's not too long ago for a Facebook profile. That's, yeah, that's like a year, a year and, and a few months. A few months, yeah. Mine was not that long ago. I don't remember what mine was. I also forgot which one was my profile picture. It's the one at the top of your page. Anyway, Tyler, if you want to if you want to stand on a bridge and let me take a picture of you walking away, I can do that whenever you want. <laughs> Again, it'll take Two minutes. Two minutes, huh? Yep. I like the sound of two minutes. Two minutes. That's all you need. So, what was y'all's favorite part of this movie? Oh, that's... I'll be honest. Can I tell you something? Yeah. yeah. We haven't talked about this yet. As as film fans, as film lovers, movie lovers, this is, what is this, a movie lovers podcast? Mm-hmm. Um, I have always had an aversion to the horror genre, okay? Yeah. Never been a fan. Uh, there's been a few movies that I've liked... Uh, I liked Quiet Place. I liked Thoroughbreds, which I wouldn't have said was horror until I saw this. And if this is horror, that's horror. I'm just going to have to put it that way. Uh, and, and there was a listener question. After seeing this movie, do you want to give the horror genre another chance? Or are you still planning to mostly steer clear? I think horror is trending in a direction where I am willing to give it another chance. I, I don't know that I like horror just for the sake of horror. Like, I don't. I don't know that I would enjoy Happy Death Day, but I I definitely enjoyed this, and I get See, the I, point. I think you picked a bad example there. Why? Apparently, the Happy Death Day movies are extraordinarily good and well done compared to most horror movies. Not necessarily compared oh. to these, but compared to most like standard horror movies, like slasher horror. Because I would not consider this a standard horror movie, and I was that was my next no. topic that I was going to get into. But continue. I think Happy Death Day is probably a bad example. Okay, well I, I haven't I haven't seen it, um, and I really liked A Quiet Place, and that movie doesn't really have anything to say. It's just a <laughs> Yeah, scary literally but basically the, the argument i saw somebody make was like why would you go and see I, I, they said i like to see comedies because i go to see them to laugh why would you go to see a horror movie because you go and fe- see them to feel scared like you're tricking your body into joy with a comedy and fear with with a horror film and i've never understood the appeal until probably the last year of watching films and I, like if the point of a movie is to evoke emotion this got my whole entire body involved with that i was getting like chill bumps to my toes to the top of my head and i was watching it on my ipad in the middle of the night while my wife was sleeping and she like gave me a little tip tap well hey i think someone's in the house while i'm in the middle of watching this movie <laughs> okay oh, i got headphones on and yeah and you're, <laughs> I was like, your head exploded through the roof right i was like okay they can have everything <laughs> there's nobody in our house but my wife is pregnant and paranoid and she was paranoid <laughs> before she was pregnant about that particular yeah she's there, there's always someone in our house <laughs> About that particular thing. Um, yeah. No, I would I would hazard to say that this is definitely my favorite horror movie that I have seen uh, since, Ever. at least since 79. The, the year? Yeah. You were born in 92. No, but like, but like, this was the, this is the most recent horror movie that I've liked. I would say I really liked this. I, I really liked A Quiet Place. I really liked Thoroughbreds. And then, yeah, be, before that, I liked. Like, because I, I am. The Birds. Uh, well, Jaws. So, 
that was my that was my next point that I was going to make is like this is this is much more reminiscent of thrillers and suspense movies like Alfred Hitchcock movies like The Birds like Psycho yeah and that art was dead for a long time because once they made The Exorcist people were and that was in the seventies people were like oh we can just do jump scares and that's the whole movie and I Fortnite hate that that is the most cop out thing I've ever seen and so I think they were trending back in the direction of like the horror blockbuster where like actual directors are making horror movies again yes like actual filmmakers it's not just like a cop out like oh i've got you know two weeks and a hundred thousand dollars let's make a horror movie yeah yeah I, I definitely agree with that um yeah i i actually enjoy horror movies i don't know i, I kind of like the the suspense and the, the thrill and obviously the, the emotion to them um but uh, i think we are making a turn like like you said ethan well to... yeah that's the thing is like this is a this is a 98 percent rotten tomatoes us has a 99 percent just down from 100 comes out in two days uh like this and at quiet place did very well nominated for awards uh you know people love the new it people are excited for pet cemetery the remake coming out people are excited for the next it remake coming out it's like this is i, I think that we're reaching another like point where horror movies are an actual genre and not just something to be written off immediately it's not just you know you know paranormal activity 27 and, <laughs> yeah and, exactly or saw yeah. 13 right yeah. saw 13 the conjuring 9 <laughs> exactly following up on that though ethan uh do you think that horror will become a regular genre on this show i don't know i have no idea it depends on what comes out i think it depends upon what comes out i don't like unless we start doing classics i don't foresee us doing anything from our lifetime in horror for the most part oh yeah i cannot think of a movie made between 1993 and now 2017 2017 that i would want to do as a horror movie i would love to do some hitchcock love to right uh, those are some of my favorite movies, but that's, you know, that has been, that has been labeled horror sort of post-mortem. Well, and, and I'll say this as somebody who's not like a, a, uh, a very well educated in the horror thriller th- th- thrasher suspense films. I'm lumping all of those into horror. I'm just putting that title on everything. Well, yeah, and, lo- I, and a lot I'm of people do. Sure, I'm getting the terminology wrong, but you got to understand from my perspective, they're all the same thing. For sure, for sure. Now, I, there, there are certain exceptions to this. Like, I love um, like zombie movies. Like, I loved I Am Legend. Yes. And a lot of people would consider that a horror movie. Uh, it's got a lot of the same mechanics. It does have jump scares, which I don't like. Yeah, there's there's really only like one scene in that, though. What do you mean? With the jump scare. There's more than one. Is there? Those things tend to come out of nowhere. And that's what I loved about this movies it did not rely on that it did not rely on like ooh, ooh scared you buddy fucking gotcha yeah there was a few of those moments there was a co- the, when, the, when the deer hits the car my heart stopped the deer hits the car I, I knew i knew it was lady. gonna happen oh georgina yeah she's a creeping through the house she's she's the creepiest part of it yeah <laughs> Anytime Georgina's on screen, I'm scared. Well, I mean, and I feel like I feel like when you're uh, an up and coming film composer, horror movie is like your bread and butter. You're like, I got normal music, maybe kind of suspenseful, and then stab, and yeah, then back right. to normal. I also think uh, when Grandpa was running in, in the yard, that was that was a very weird moment. I don't know because it's like you you you're like watching the scare come, and you're still scared even when it happens. <laughs> well, and that was that was the most between that and the time when he turns around and sees the woman in the window mm-hmm. which i guess is pretty much the exact same scene um but that is the most like stereotypical horror movie filming of the entire movie is when like you see chris you see his viewpoint there's nothing off in the distance you see chris again you cut back there's a guy running yeah and yeah. it's like you open you open how to make horror movies for dummies page one do that at for least sure. yeah. three times 
But I think that that scene's actually important. I mean, although it kind of like, I don't know, I don't, a lot of people, I, I read a, a few uh, reviews that said like, they don't see like, how does that even fit into the plot? But I think, I think it fits perfectly because I think that's one of the, um, the few times that Chris kind of goes beyond his suspicions of, you know, Georgina and the, the yard worker and actually sees them acting outside of you know just you know serving tea or you know chopping wood and so i i I thought that's why that scene was pretty oh for sure it's it's definitely one of those moments where he's like okay something is going on here yeah exactly normal people don't do that at all well and and it also i think when you come back around to watch it it gives you something to say like oh the the yard worker guy is running because he wants his body to be in top physical condition all the time like he that that's just part of his thing is that like like part of the reason they they want black people is because they're more naturally fit so the movie says and you know she's looking in the mirror admiring her beauty and you find out later on that she's the grandmother so now she's this you know, young, beautiful black woman, uh, you know, it, it sort of makes it make a little bit more sense to me. For sure. Mm-hmm. I do think when, when Georgina turns and looks out the window and notices him on the camera, my heart literally stopped. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> she's about to show up one foot away from him. And he's going to die. In the next second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In that yeah. moment, you thought like she was a monster. Like, oh my God. Yeah. That was, happen? that was definitely the moment where I was like, you know, that was definitely the moment where I was like, okay, this is where it gets, this is where it turns supernatural. Mm-hmm. That, like, yeah, exactly. That's kind of what I thought as well. Um, speaking of Georgina and, and, and grandpa, which I forget his name in the movie, but um, the moments where you see them struggle with uh, their actual being versus just being grandma and grandpa. I think th- those parts were very uh, interesting. Um, the one that stands out the most was Georgina when she like starts crying and she's just like, you know, no, 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 no. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. When she finds him in there, Walter is the name of the yard Walter, worker, the yes. grandpa. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The moments where, you know, the, the surgery or whatever breaks are crazy pants yeah you know like when when the when the person sort of sitting in the back or in the fallen zone what is it called sunken place sunken place <laughs> sunken place fallen zone sunken place starts you know screaming basically yeah uh, that i mean those are right because the the original person's still in there for sure right and, 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 uh, yeah obviously the clearest example we see of that is when he takes the picture of the guy and he you know start his nose start bleeding which is just insane um and then he like yells like get out like you you, you gotta get out of here man like, yeah, and that yeah. I think well, that was the most powerful line in the whole movie when um, Chris is like, "Not even recognize him, I recognize the guy running at me." Yeah, yeah, yes. And it's like Fortnite. Okay, I see where you're coming. That's a powerful piece of dialogue you got there. Yeah, he's like, you know, when he came at- to attack me, that's when I felt like I knew him the most, or you know, something, something to that extent. Um, and yeah, and then <laughs> obviously a, a, a little a common relief was that he goes like fist bump the guy and he grabs his hand. And he grabs his hand and shakes his hand. <laughs> yeah, the whole, the whole turkey thing. <laughs> um, that that definitely was just something that... Quick question. Is that the dude from the beginning? It is. It is. So he's the guy who literally gets cat kidnapped in the beginning, which, um, you know, I, I was kind of like waiting to see when I first watched this movie. I didn't make the connection t- uh, until later. Um, but I was like, I was waiting, like, okay, what does this have to do with anything else? And then you find out that that's the guy. I knew it was the, the same car. So I knew it, there was a connection. Yeah. Uh, you know, it wasn't just this like weird sketch at the beginning where sketch black people, black people getting abducted. <laughs> uh, well, the thing is, is, is he doesn't, he has a beard in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I think they do kind of a poor job of, of kind of making that, that more well-known. 
I agree with that, actually. I think that it's it's kind of whack that, like, um, he doesn't look like himself. Like, Yeah, and I, I think that's intentional, but also kind of a poor uh, imagery on the, from the audience point of view because it was hard for me to make that connection. I don't know what they could have done, but maybe they could have just kept, kept either had him with a beard or had it without it. Or, or also, I don't know, the beginning scene was at night. He's, like, walking down the street with his head down and his phone. Yeah. And so maybe make him a little more visible. More visible. But then, yeah. For but sure. then I guess it's just on, it's kind of one of those things like where if you catch it, you catch it. If you don't, you don't. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Well, it gives you something when you go back and watch again. Too. For sure. That's very true. Uh, I think there's a lot of rewatchability in here. Like I, I finished it and I was almost like, I want to watch that again. Yeah, for sure. There's, there's uh, so many, there's a, you know. There's so much like really interesting foreshadowing. I think the way that the uh, the brother talks about jujitsu, about how it's you know, it's not about strength. It's about being four steps ahead or whatever mm-hmm. is exactly how Chris escapes in the end. Yeah. You know, yeah, he's yeah. he hides in the right places. He gets the right steps ahead so that he can, you know, beat beat the brother with the blunt object and then stab the the father. And then, yeah, I think I think it was a bit of um, the brother trying to, like, talk about how they go about kidnapping people. But also it was foreshadowing and how Chris was going to go about beating them in the end. Right. I think yeah, I think both were there. And I think Chris runs out of steps that he's ahead. Mm hmm. For sure. <laughs> you know, when it's like, and how, how concerned were you? Did, did you figure it out at all? Uh, no, I don't know. I, I mean, when I first watched it, no. Um, and then rewatching it, I just kind of like picked up on more other clues that I could have picked up on to kind of realize it, but I did not. Right. Uh, one, one of the other things that was interesting to me is at the end, you know, he's going through the house, killing the family. I was steadfast concerned for where the girlfriend was. Oh yeah. Like the entire time I was like, She's going to come out of nowhere and she's going to yeah. be the one that kills him. She's just going to shoot him. Yeah. And it's going to be, the end is going to be, you know, she she wins. This black man came to her house and killed her family. Yeah. And she protected herself. And then it cuts to her sitting in her bed eating Fruit Loops and drinking milk. Right. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it was wild. Oh, oh, and also, uh, I guess another critical point is she's also researching her next victim, which was very creepy. Yeah, she's looking up like NCAA prospects. Mm-hmm. How does the how does the bingo thing work? That's their bidding. Their bidding. Yeah, it's literally That's a slave auction. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, but I feel like it's the. The fact that it's bingo is a front. Um, I yeah. think, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, obviously. I, mean, uh, I was just, I don't know. I was kind of confused by that. I was like, okay, well, what's with the? Why don't you just hold up your hand or something? <laughs> I don't know. But because that's I, much less obvious, I guess. If Chris yeah, just sees him there with yeah, bingo yeah, cards, exactly. While he's freaking out, figuring out what's going on, they're bidding on him. Yeah, th- that which was, like that, is that. wild to me because he was clearly selected for the one guy. No, I don't think that he was. Yeah, I, I, don't, think, I don't think that was the setup there. I think. Well, no, because because you know, if she's looking up NCAA prospects, it would stand a reason that she also looked up like prominent black photographers in my city. Mm. I think that's true, but that also could have been just like she's looking at black photographers because they want to target to sell to that guy. Right. Clearly, you know, no I mean, buy, they bring yeah. all these. There's no guarantee that everybody, while they're in on it, is in on it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, that's, that's true. Like, they've got to make their money somehow. Uh, yeah, I think she just, you know, um, finds who she can find, and then their hopes is that the person that they know wants those traits will bid on them. Yeah, and I guess at some point it doesn't matter who they sell them to. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. God, this is the saddest thing in the world. No, my yeah. Was, like, I was, breaking <laughs> having this conversation. <laughs> I literally was just, like, thinking, like, oh, my God, like, <laughs> how nonchalant. <laughs> but obviously we're in the, in the context of a movie. But that's but. how the movie presents it, though, is it? it, it, it sure, and this is, sure. I mean, at the end of the day, not to get too real with it, but, like, this is a – 
uh, on some level a thing that happens. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, this you know this isn't like a trade yeah, that's gone. Human trafficking is a huge problem, especially even in the states right now. It's like you go to the Atlanta airport right now, and every thirty seconds there's a message just like, "Hey, we're taking a stand against human trafficking." You know, if you see anything weird, call the police immediately, and that plays every thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I don't think it's it's uh, um, I think it's even more broad uh in in meaning uh in in the way that you think about uh, predominant uh you know african american athletes and uh people are you know taken advantage of for their abilities and things like that you know obviously just not people of color but i feel like in other aspects where people are led to believe that they are you know going to be uh ha- have this this uh, great opportunity and it just turns out that people are just taking advantage of them for the for their for their uh, talent or whatnot for sure. so i think i think it has a much broader meaning but uh, i definitely agree with with, with uh, what you were saying there yeah i mean there's a million different ways you can look at it and they're mm-hmm. all true is the sad thing at least somewhere in the world yeah yeah exactly um but yeah very very interesting the way it was it was portrayed in the movie um and yeah during that the, the, the bingo like whole scene i was just like oh my gosh this is insane i mean i think you could make that just a subtitle for the whole movie is like get out very interesting the way it was portrayed in the movie <laughs> yeah yeah because it's just like every scene is is dripping with different levels of you know you can Ma- take it this way you can Sim- take it this symbolism way. messaging right. uh yeah there's sure. like the thing that's going on in the movie there's the obvious connection there's the less obvious connection there's the slightly less obvious connection like mm-hmm. you know and it, it just keeps going it's, it's a masterfully written movie for sure oh yeah um and and i mean just I go back to like who would have thought children peel very true like <laughs> The Key and Peel guy. <laughs> yeah, that dude wrote this. Wait, who? <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. Yep, written and directed. Which is like, if you're Keegan Michael Key, how do you feel about this? Is there pressure? Oh yes, I'm putting now. You have. I'm to putting put pressure out... on Keegan Michael Key right now. Just I'm saying it. Like, dude, step up. Let's go. Step up your <laughs> what horror do you film got? game. <laughs> yeah, what, what, what do you have? To... You're letting your what boy you, over Toy here. Story four. Yeah. <laughs> He is a Toy Story 4. They both they are. Both are <laughs> oh, yeah. that's true, yeah. That's the thing, is like most of his accomplishments are along with Jordan, you know? That's, mm-hmm, that's true. You know? What is what is Keegan-Michael Key got for us? Yeah. Um, no, I mean, that's an honest question. I'm, like, I'm curious. I would love to see what he would come up with, given the reins to like a non-comedy movie. I don't know. I, I'd be curious to get more insight on their, their writing process and between the two of them and as individuals, sort of what they do different, what they do the same, all that jazz. No, I yeah. did really like Keanu. That movie was hysterical. I still have not seen Keanu. Me it was, neither. It was pretty Fortnite. Funny, to tell you the truth. Um, that was pretty funny. I was I was shocked at how much I enjoyed that movie. It looked awful. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't seen it. And I feel like I should. It's worth it. It's worth a worth a watch. It's it's good for a good chuckle. Oh, is that the uh with the cat? Yeah, yeah. That's the cat movie. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I I don't know. I felt like I was kind of like turned off by the the trailer of that, but I, I was as well. But it ended up being pretty darn funny. Yeah. Um. I'll definitely have to check it out. I then. mean, there's this one point where Keegan Michael Key has this entire group of gangsters convinced that the minivan is the most gangster vehicle you could possibly drive. <laughs> it is, Ethan. I don't like. The- and that and that the the hardest musician to ever live was George Michael. <laughs> wow. And it's absolutely hysterical. And the cat's adorable. It sounds like it. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out. It was it was pretty funny. I was I was surprised. Uh Jordan Peele wrote that movie. Keegan Michael Key did not. Um 
I think Ethan asked earlier about our favorite parts of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if I gave one. Um, I'm trying to think. Hmm. I don't know. That's 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 a tough one for me. I, I obviously like the ending where you know uh, Rod comes to to the the rescue. Um, all the rest in the middle is just kind of like jarring. <laughs> Tyler, did you have a, a favorite part? I do like the ending. I I think the uh, I don't know that I do have a favorite part. I think the whole thing is is just fascinating. Uh, yeah, I think that's sort of where I'm at with it. Can I? Can we just? I mean, we. We're talking about it. We're all here. I will say my appreciation for minorities in the film industry has exponentially grown over the past, I don't know. Since whenever this movie came out. Well, definitely since whenever this movie came out. But like, I remember when Black Panther first came out, I remember seeing it and being like, yeah, that was a Marvel movie. You know, that was, I don't know, 100%, but it was good. You know, it was good. And then Vaishan, you and I watched it at my house for the birthday party this year. When were you here? Uh, Yeah, the Bacon and Eggs party. The Bacon and Eggs party. That's what yeah. you're here for. The one year Bacon and Eggs party. You and I watched it the next day. And I was like, holy crap, this is amazing. <laughs> Any part of me that was like, this isn't that good was wrong. Yeah. This is very cool. And not just because of the people that produced it, but that's a that's a large part of it. And it's, it's important and it's good. And then uh, last week with Captain Marvel going sort of in a different direction uh, with women in cinema, just getting so excited about that. And, you know, female directors, female leads. I've just been very excited excited about uh the the diversity in film lately and i just wanted to to bring that up and point that out and see if anybody had had any commentary i'm I'm completely with that um i'm i'm so glad to see that especially you know black writers and black directors and actors have been just thriving the past year or so i mean you know maybe the the awards aren't quite coming in the way they wanted to but like they're doing a really good job in getting recognized for it yeah yeah i mean they're making excellent films yeah too. That's, and that's what i'm saying is like it's been extraordinary like just even even the work that ryan coogler himself has done in the past two or three years yeah for sure yeah. um and i think that's kind of where the appreciation for this movie in particular comes from because it's not just relying on the uh you know the excitement and the hype of the marvel uh you know cinema universe um you know when it comes to black panther and whatnot obviously that has something to do with it but um (laughs) i don't know it's just so many things that can be appreciated about this film um like we talked about earlier that was just like the the total out of the blue (laughs) of jordan peele you know being able to do this um and then the the way it's able to portray um in a very authentic way uh some of the experiences um that black people have um and then also just being an overall good film uh for 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 everyone essentially um and so definitely appreciate that um and and love that about this movie and then talking about other movies with people of color kind of taking the lead um obviously very appreciative of that because it's just it just opens up the space for a, a more authentic feel but it also it's movies for everyone it, it's definitely movies for everyone it's just as important for me as a person of color to see people um doing well of color as it is for everyone else um because it, it just gives uh, a different perspective and that just o- enlightens people and opens people's eyes and that's always a good thing i think so definitely. for sure and i mean people are taking notice yes. like spike lee was nominated for best picture in <laughs> yeah. 2018 he didn't win yeah with a with a film with the kkk <sighs> in the title man have y'all seen that movie it's so good oh my god Vishon, have you seen that movie i have not seen that movie yet i oh, definitely need to see it I, yeah <laughs> black Klansman. holy shit 
Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't love to get into the debate of like what should have won Best Picture, but like that should have won Best Picture. It's so, so good. And a, a lot of people, Spike Lee got a lot of crap for the way he responded to um, not winning. And <laughs> yeah, I know. It was that. just like it definitely showed the worst of Hollywood there for a minute, especially like Hollywood reporters and everything, because there were so many people. He was on the red carpet on the way out. So many people just like, Spike, are you mad because Green Book, the movie about white people being nice to a black guy, won instead of your movie? And Spike Lee's just like, I'm just mad I lost like leave me alone like <laughs> right yeah, fin- yeah i've been making movies for 35 years i finally got nominated like this was rad i didn't win i'm a little upset sorry yeah yeah exactly i definitely noticed um, that it was kind of uh, almost ironic in a way but but still i definitely understand that and that's the thing is like that movie getting nominated for best picture black panther getting nominated for best picture why, why are we waving i really just want to say oh oh i just saw vaishan <laughs> <laughs> i just looked up and i just see vaishan waving at me and i was like ah yeah. Okay, go, go on. With yeah, this getting nominated for Best Picture, Black Panther getting nominated, Black Clams are getting nominated, you know, I'm sure us will get nominated. It's it's making people that wouldn't normally take notice, take notice, and it's in ways that maybe it necessarily shouldn't, but like, they'll get there, because like, I've had a bunch of people be like, oh, I loved Black Klansman, it's such a great movie, Adam Driver did such a great job, and I'm like, right? you're, you're right there, like, <laughs> you're so close, right there. you'll, you're you'll so get close. it, you'll get it, it'll sink in, give it two weeks, it'll sink in, you're gonna wanna watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> I promise. And- I think. I think. Yeah. I think with that whole thing, uh, we've seen a lot of filmmakers, actors, uh, producers, everything like that on the people of color side of things. I think the next industry that probably needs a little little facelift on the diversity is film critics. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that you know, like Ethan and I are sitting here too young white straight white males you know we we add to the conversation but i think most of what we say is is noise uh i think that we have nuanced ideas but i also think that we can't possibly have the perspective necessary to speak for all people right uh in in the world of film (laughs) and so we actually try to go out and find people to help us understand where we where we lack instead of just you know turning in an article being like yeah it was cool but like i'm not black so like whatever (laughs) yeah yeah. it didn't have anything to do with me (laughs) (laughs) exactly and, and that's why I think it's just as important. Um, obviously, you know, I hope that the, the movie critic uh, world does become more diverse, but I think it's just as important for uh, people who aren't of color to, to engage and watch these movies as it is for people of color. Um, if not more important, because in a lot of ways, just to put it bluntly, they have a little bit broader of a, of a, of a voice and influence in certain circumstances. Um, and so now that other people are being able to ha- have that as well, um, obviously, it's, it's very important. So, um so yeah, that, that, that definitely makes sense. For sure, for sure. And this was definitely like a movie where, you know, it was made at least in some part for, for white people to listen and pay attention and see some side of it that they wouldn't normally see. Whereas a movie like Black Panther is is very important for the reason that it, it gives, especially young black kids in America, it gives them that opportunity to have a superhero that looks like them. And the same yeah. thing just happened with Captain Marvel. It's like now you've got these two complete groups of people that had never had that feeling before. They're like, there's a superhero that looks like me. Yeah, I mean, I think... Uh, obviously, this isn't a Black Panther review, but it does, does a great job of like just opposing, you know, starting off in Oakland and then going to uh, Wakanda, where they're like their royalty and their, their family and they're, and they're, you know, taking care of each other. And so being able to see that as well, that is just as important as just being able to see yourself as a superhero, being able to see yourself as, uh, you know, uh, someone outside of you know, that Oakland experience that they try to portray, portray in the beginning. For sure. Um, yeah. And then uh, I, I guess for Get Out, uh, kind of did the, the same thing. Um, obviously, it turned into horror to teach a lesson, but also it, it very well can uh, bring a, uh, a presence or a meaning behind interracial relationships as well. So, 
Do you, I've got two questions here. Um, I'm gonna ask them both first so I don't forget them. First, does this do, uh, does this help or hinder interracial relationships moving forward? Uh, two, Ethan, at any point watching this film, did you feel personally victimized by Jordan Peele? Uh, yes, I think it definitely helps. I think that as long as um, white people are actually going to see movies like this and opening their eyes to movies like this, me included, like I've, I've grown up so much just especially in these kind of conversations since I saw this movie and not necessarily as a direct result, but it sure as hell didn't hurt. It's like, I think it's definitely important. I think it's definitely going to continue to help things. And as soon as long as Jordan Peele keeps making movies that people go see, as long as Ryan Coogler keeps making movies that people go see, like that is the most important thing. Keep giving a voice to those stories is the most important thing and it was there any point where i felt victimized no not at all I, I i don't think i ever felt like wow he thinks less of me but i think there there's lines in the film where like tragically relatable like i've definitely caught myself saying things like i would have voted for obama a third time uh which i think you're just bringing that awareness to like i know you think you're being helpful but you're actually not and that's and that's the real thing is like that is a lot of that is the worst scenario that a lot of people partake in daily is that like that forced relatability that like i have to find some way to level myself with this person and it's like you know i vaishan does that kind of rhetoric help at all or does that hurt or like honest um, to god like give me your true opinion like where no what? yeah 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 so i do people I will... say that to you in real life like stuff like that <laughs> oh oh yeah all, all the time and i think that um it's important um so first of all i'll just answer uh, tyler's first question which uh uh helps or hurts interracial relationships. And I think it definitely helps because it brings about a conversation. Um, and that's always important versus, um, you know, putting things on the back burner or whatnot. Um, but I think it also allows for both back and black and white people to um, take a lesson in the context of a movie versus, um, I don't know, because it kind of sets up a, a scenario. It sets up um, more context in certain circumstances. And it gives you a way to kind of step back and, and look versus being able to just experience it from a very personal point of view. Um, so, I mean, that has its ups and downs. But um, but yeah, I, I definitely have experienced that a lot, uh, whether it's microaggressions or uh Things such as, you know, oh, I, I voted for Obama as well, or I support Obama. Um, and, and in cases, it definitely can hurt because I feel like uh, what that does, it, 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 in, that, in that moment, you're not trying to relate to me. Well, you are from your point of view, but in my head, it just feels like you're making an assumption about me and you're taking it and painting me with a broad brush. Um, and so in certain circumstances, uh, it, it can't it can hurt because it, it, it can it's just a microaggression or it can be perceived as just an assumption that you're making about me because I'm black. I must like Obama, too. Now, that's, <laughs> you know, uh I mean, there are worse assumptions you can have. Yeah, they're, 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 not to get too political here, but. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a bad example, but there are a lot of um, other assumptions out there that uh, can be made um, that uh, can, can kind of hurt because it, it, it's, it, it, again, it gets to not uh, you just trying to relate to me it's about you making an assumption about me and taking that as fact and then trying to uh pull that out of me in, in some way like okay uh, i like this too you i'm sure you do because you're black you know 
Uh, so, right. so, so that's kind of where, where that hit home. And that was definitely a thing that like I had to sort of learn even just talking about this movie yeah. to people and talking about Black Panther to people. It's like, you know, I, I, I started to realize how many assumptions I make just based on anybody, not, not just people of color, but anybody that, that was, that was definitely where some, something was thrown into sharp relief for me when I started talking about these movies. It's like, I can't guarantee that just because somebody is a black person, they've seen Get Out, they've seen, you know, Black Panther. And if I go up and start talking about movies and then immediately jump to those movies, like I'm going to look like an enormous Fortnite. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and, and, <laughs> And it, <laughs> just, no, I mean I'm, yeah, I'm with sure that. Like, <laughs> no, like if I did that, and that's one of those things where like I almost can't stop myself from talking about it in the first place. Like I can't, I, you know, I catch it on the back end, and I'm like, "Frick, that was but, so tactless." No, yeah, right. yeah, I understand oh. that for sure. Um, and I, I think, I mean, if we're being honest here. Uh, all people do that. They make assumptions about uh, groups of people, especially groups of people that you may not be as familiar with. You make assumptions, and that's kind of how we get to stereotypes, and stereotypes become, you know, prejudice, and then it can get out of hand, obviously, very quickly. But if you are able to take a step back and think about it um, and just engage in a conversation in an honest and open way, I think that's something that you, you'll, you'll definitely be able to um you know learn from and 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 uh, uh and move past but um I, I definitely have experienced it quite a bit and uh understand where it comes from it's not like i walk up to a white person and assume a, a thing about them um uh i should just lost my train of thought but um at the same time I understand being able to want to relate to somebody. It doesn't mean you have to necessarily assume uh, these characteristics about them just because they're a certain race or a certain certain uh, uh, ethnicity. For sure. And I mean, I don't think we make it any secret that like that is a thing that white people do more so than most people where they're like, you know, they assume that all black people are the same and like the same things. And like, you know, we don't I don't face a lot of that in return. I don't have a whole lot of people coming up to me and being like, you're white. You must love Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. So. Right. Like, I, I don't have people of color approaching me being like here's why michael jordan is better than scotty <laughs> <laughs> you know, right we're all on the same page like, <laughs> yeah, yeah like like nobody comes up and has this conversation with me and and therefore i have to put myself in the place of like that means it's probably not my job to lead the conversation at that point you know i i, I could i could definitely take a step back and and let other voices be heard especially if it's just in my personal life people talking to me specifically it's like you know I, let let them talk let them let me let me hear their story before i start talking about my story and that's just been a a personal thing that i've learned even just a lot in the last year just 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 since we started doing the show, since we started having more outside opinions, since we started talking about movies like this, like Black Panther, like, you know, some of the the, the Oscar contenders. Yeah, for sure. Um, de- definitely uh, don't assume. Uh, black people obviously are not a monolith. They're not, you know, they don't talk the same, uh, dress the same, act the same, listen the same music, you know, and, and definitely, you know, so uh, being able to engage in the conversation more openly and honestly, I think is, is, is a good thing. Don't, don't rush to try to relate because I think that's also, as we saw in the movie, uh, can be off putting and it, and it kind of can seem like you're, you're trying to, um, you know, just appease in a way. Versus and the thing, being... and that's the thing is there's nothing particularly great for either party about those conversations. Like mm-hmm. those aren't fun conversations to have. It's like, you know, I'll live my life and you live your life. And let's, let's find some middle ground together where we can converse, where we can have an interesting conversation. Let's not just be like, Oh yeah, you probably love Kanye West. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I feel like things like that, you know, such as, uh, music or movies or, you know, those are in, in any type of small talk, uh, small talk subjects. Um, you just have to be able to approach it in a way of learning versus assuming. And, and I think that that's the, the way you have to look at it. Right. And let me just say one thing. 
If you do the thing where you come up to somebody and you're like, I would have voted for Obama a third time. You are, congratulations, you are a Fortnite. Not because you just assume anything about a group of people, but because you came into a conversation with a stranger and talked about politics. Stop yeah. doing that entirely. Just yeah. cut that out. Nobody, and I can assure you that if the, the, especially the people of color that you meet on the street want to talk about politics, they will let you know it is not your job, white dude, to start that conversation anymore. Like we got to, for the most part, we got to stop. We, I'm, I'm speaking to the people that look like me right now. We got to stop starting conversations like that yeah. on the whole. Just kind of jumping the gun. Um, and I, I will say, you know, not just on the Obama comment, but any kind of blatant, like, jump to uh, certain touchy subjects or subjects that you think are, are okay in certain situations. Um, I think also kind of uh, d- dismisses uh, my humanity in a way. It's just kind of like the, you're just trying to get to this thing to just make a point versus, you know, just being able to have a conversation and being able right. to actually just like talk about my day sure. and you know what I'm doing, you know. So listen, the way I was raised was not to talk to strangers of any race. Period. <laughs> race wasn't even part of that conversation. <laughs> don't, don't talk, don't talk, talk to strangers. strangers at all. <laughs> don't talk to strangers. Don't don't talk to anybody ever. Live a life of silence. This is probably bad advice. Don't live a life of silence. <laughs> Talk to people. Have the conversation. Grow as a, grow as a culture. For sure. Uh, so, yeah, I, I definitely appreciate uh, you bringing that up. Um, um, and uh, I will say on the other on the other hand, uh, you, you asked the question, uh, did you ever feel, uh, what was it, targeted or? Personally victimized, personally victimized by Jordan Peele. I saw many reviews where people thought that um thought that was the case. Um, I will say I felt, you know, a lot of very personal moments in, in this movie. Uh, it did a very great job of just relating to both sides, or I don't know, ho- hopefully not victimizing, but uh, just just making you know very obvious some of the the the, the contrast that exists in society and how we approach life events and such. Yeah. For sure, I would. I would. Yeah. I will say. I will say one thing. If you out there do feel personally victimized by Jordan Peele, especially in this movie, there's probably a reason for it. It's okay to change. Yeah, just do something different. Yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> a lot of people feel uncomfortable having the, these types of conversations, and I just, I just hope that people um, know that if they don't engage the conversation, then they're going to continue to feel uncomfortable. So if you can get to the point where you feel comfortable having that conversation openly, um, I think that that's that's more important in that way. You're able to grow more, and uh, you know, not continue to make the, the same uh, yeah. microaggressions or mistakes, uh, if you will. For sure, I'll say I'll say this. I am very excited to watch us next week. Um, mm-hmm. I am I'm also terrified. Um, <laughs> I am also terrified. But like, I gotta say this. I've just said I, I've started my last eight sentences with I just gotta say this, or I'll say one thing. <laughs> yeah. But whatever, I'm gonna say eight things. Um, you know, I, t- when it comes to filmmaking, I'll tell you what. Uh, white dudes it's not necessarily our turn anymore uh because there's there's a lot of people that are making really really good movies that don't fit that standard director demographic i mean the last six out of the last five of the last six best directors have gone to specifically mexicans um you got you know these movies coming out you've got ryan coogler movies coming out you've got a a marvel movie made by a woman that's made 779 million dollars in the like the last 10 days it's so good too um it's just it's it's like we had our minute man and now it's time for us to move over a little bit and we need to stop we as a whole need to stop being upset about that um here's the thing here's here's the argument i normally see was is i think the approach people want to see is if if 10 out of 10 great movies are made by straight white men, then let's make 20 great movies and give the other 10 to 
minorities, people of color, women, et cetera, et cetera. But there's there's only so much room on this stage. Right. And like, like look like, at the movies that get nominated for awards, specifically the movies that do really well. It's like a lot of it is turning the other direction. It is. And that's such yeah. a great thing to see because we're getting so many different voices. We're getting so many different bright and vibrant stories being told. And that's exciting. Yeah, yeah. I agree, um, but I, I will say, you know, um, it's definitely not a zero-sum game. I don't think just because we have more diversity that there should be less <laughs> white men. Um, and so, uh, you know, I just feel like it's just going to – you just have to step up. and You have to be able to perform at the, at the caliber and uh, at the and appeal to the audience, the wider audience that there is out there. Yeah. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, in a broader sense, um, uh, equality doesn't mean oppression on the other for sure so um that's definitely something that i don't want to get lost in the conversation and then that gets to kind of like people feeling victimized which you know definitely uh there's enough room for everybody (laughs) so don't feel like just because other people stepping up you then have to step down you just have to perform at the no no for sure it's just like you got to realize that somebody else is throwing the gauntlet down yeah exactly like it's not just uh it's not just a one-sided game anymore you don't just have to compare yourself to you know michael jordan is better than scotty pippen yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you got that's the thing is you've got a lot more michael jordan's coming up yeah and some of the scotty pippins some of the scotty yeah. pippins on the team are fearing for their starting spot right now that and, doesn't and mean I, they I suck they just gotta thing. step it up you know yeah like it doesn't mean that white dudes are making worse movies it just means that like a part of it is definitely that that people are getting opportunities they never got before part of it is people are getting recognized for stuff that they're doing that they would have never gotten recognized before exactly. and part of it is just that like you know i don't even know it's just a good time for for minority made movies for sure for sure i mean 779 million dollars in 10 days for captain marvel that was such a good movie good god i loved it i also i'm a i'm a i'll be honest with you my feelings on captain marvel have only grown since last yeah. week yeah yeah because it just since <laughs> go ahead go ahead no I, I, well, I was gonna say since since we released that episode i learned that i'm having a daughter <laughs> and like i cannot get enough Captain. Yeah. since we released that episode <laughs> i learned that my best friend's having a daughter <laughs> <laughs> yeah since that episode <laughs> was released i learned that someone i know is having a daughter right so it's like and then he gets Incredible. to have a daughter that grows up in a world where that character exists. Yeah. That, like that, your, your daughter reading... never has to live a single day in her life not having we're... Captain Marvel to look up to. I know. Not having Brie Larson. <laughs> you yeah, know what? Since... If she grows up and she's like, I'm a huge Iron Man fan. Captain Marvel sucks. That was a bad movie. It's like, <laughs> I mean, cool. But she had that opportunity. Like. Uh, yeah. Right. It was there. Yeah. And, I... and as long as she's a, you know, Marvel fan. Not. Right. I'm kidding, actually. We, we, I have right. You can't see it, but right next to me is a Wonder Woman costume because she'll be three months around Halloween. It's a three month size. Planning ahead. I mean, Wonder Woman's great too. Yeah, Wonder Woman's awesome. It's just not as good of a movie. Uh, no, it's not. But I think, I mean, there's a lot, a lot more rich history of the character with Wonder Woman. There's a lot, a lot more stuff to to pull from. Oh, for sure, for if sure. You're looking. I'm just if you're looking at Captain Marvel, who was as in in the current iteration, the costumes we see, the character we're looking at, the the very idea of this person was in 2012. Right. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> for sure. And whereas whereas Wonder, I've been, yeah, I've been watching Wonder Woman cartoons since I was a child, like Justice right. League stuff. But it's like you know, and, and it's not Wonder Woman's fault. It's not. Gal Gadot's fault. It's not the character's fault that like DC just doesn't have as competent of a team around the movie. Like oh, it's got better reviews. It did get. It didn't make as much money, but critically, it did better. Yeah, but it's not as good. No, I agree. I think Captain Marvel made <laughs> for sure. Uh, Captain Marvel shook more branches, therefore it got more rotten fruit as well as fresh fruit. Well, yeah, it was so good. I loved it. <laughs> and now anyway. it's just kind of like stewing, you know, because you're just waiting for what's next. <laughs> oh, I, I know. know. It's so God, like it's so far away still. <laughs> it is over a month. 
<laughs> I cannot wait. Uh, I'm so like you, I, everybody's so nervous. That's the thing is like I'm not nervous. I don't I, I don't ever get those feelings about these Marvel movies because like there's nothing I can do to change the outcome. Mm-hmm. Like I do not have that power. <laughs> so I'm just like I'm excited for it to come out. I'm excited to watch it, but like I'm not nervous for the outcome. It's like if they kill my favorite superhero, like oh darn, those movies still exist. Right. It's not like they lock them up forever. Like well, <laughs> Thor's dead now. He can never watch <laughs> Thor Ragnarok ever again. Well, and here's the thing: they, they may kill OG Avengers. But they're not going to kill these new characters who fall in love with. I'm not worried about Strange. I'm not worried about uh, Spider-Man. I'm not worried about Captain Marvel. I'm not worried about Black no. Panther. You know, like I think I think you will safe. get uh, at least one more Guardian that does not make it through. I don't think it's going to be Dave Batista. I think he's he's in. Now. I think it's going to be Rocket. Oh God, I hope not. <laughs> Unless they're bringing Bradley Cooper in for a live action role. True. <laughs> hey, you sound kind of familiar. That would be the only way I'd be okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> Who would Bradley Cooper play? Uh, Ant Man uh, Two, Mister Fantastic, <laughs> Ant Man Two. <laughs> Sc- the- Scott is already Ant-Man. yeah the, the third Ant Man, the guy that takes over for Scott Lang. <laughs> right. You have bad. You have uh, to be to be Ant Man's backup. <laughs> <laughs> What if they kill, like, what if they kill Ant-Man? Like, what what a random thing to do. I know he already exists in the MCU, but I think, I I truly believe Bradley Cooper would make a good Johnny Blaze. Ghost Rider. I can see it. Ghost Rider is currently in the MCU canon, though. I know, I just said he's already there. Oh, I thought you were saying Bradley Cooper is already in the MCU. Bradley Cooper, oh, yeah, sorry. (laughs) Both of those things exist in the MCU. I think, I know, if he wasn't already a character in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I'm glad that they went that direction with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and brought in, like, a major character like that, uh, even though I didn't watch it, I think that strengthens the story. I think he would have made a good, good Daredevil. Or not Daredevil, uh, Ghost Rider. Trying to think of other Marvel heroes. I know they've used Uh, so many is the thing. (laughs) Oh, we have the X-Men now, so he could be anything. Oh my god, I do not want another X-Men reboot. Oh, it's happening. There have been zero X-Men reboots, Ethan. Zero X-Men reboots to date. Not in my canon. same timeline. (laughs) (laughs) I choose not to acknowledge the garbage that has come out since (laughs) X3. Same, uh, same. Okay, be nice to be nice to X Men Two. I, I refuse to accept the garbage that's come out since X Men Two. No, I liked Three. That's what I'm saying. That, that's what I'm telling you is that Three was. Are you no, about the Last Stand? Last Stand, Fortnite. You Last Stand is no, it was not. All right, go I'm watch sorry. it again. Fix your life. <laughs> I'm looking at these Marvel heroes. Is there a is there a villain Bradley Cooper could play that would convince you? There's not a lot of villains I don't know. He could you know, he'd be like Norman Osborn or something. I wouldn't want to see Bradley Cooper as a villain. I like him too much. No, they can recast Cable. They're gonna have to. Oh boy. I wonder how Josh Brolin's feeling about this whole thing. Why are they gonna have to recast Cable? Because it's the same guy. Deadpool's moving to the MCU. No, he's not. Oh, I think he will. I don't think yeah. so. Yeah, he is. We'll see tomorrow. It finalizes tonight. I'm I'm almost certain there will be a post credit scene involving Deadpool or wait, Mr. we'll see what tomorrow. The the Fox merger finalizes tonight. Ah. So I think that there will be Deadpool news tomorrow. And and uh, Ryan Reynolds posted on Instagram today a picture of Deadpool and Mickey ears. I don't think that means he's going to be in the MCU. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's definitely owned by Disney now, but um, I don't know. Yeah, this is where the MCU can do new universes. I'll True. tell you. Also, yeah, like Deadpool can break the fourth wall. He can definitely break that canon. I think the only, uh, sadly enough, I think the only character in a separate franchise that they could bring in pretty easily without much question would be Tom Hardy's Venom. Mm-hmm. There's there's no presence right now for West Coast Avengers. So they could just be like, oh yeah, that all happened in San Francisco <clears throat> while nobody was there. Right. Well, I mean, Tom Hardy's Venom's part of the Spider-Verse, so... <laughs> 
Is that not part of not part of Sony Spider? Uh, I guess he is Sony Spider Verse. Yeah, he is Sony Spider Verse. That's also Disney now. True. Bradley Cooper for Captain America. <laughs> Captain America reboot. That's what or I don't Thor, want. Honestly. I will I will boycott Marvel movies if they do a Captain America reboot. Um. Yeah. So let's do a wrap up. Holy Fortnite! Yeah, We've been we... talking for an hour and fifty minutes. <clears throat> oh, look at that! That's right where we're supposed to be. That was so quick. Done did it. Yeah, it happens fast. Uh, wrapping up the show. Do you love coffee? I love coffee. Go to carlinbrothers.com and use promo code BACON at checkout for 10% off your order. I don't think you have to go through the other things that we said earlier. Uh, but try it and let us know. The link is in the description. Just click on that and it'll take you there. And then you type in BACON, that's B-A-C-O-N. Bravo, Alpha, Charlie, Oscar, November. I'm going to get it right this week. B-A-C-O-N at checkout for 10% off your entire order of coffee or tea or cold brew, which is coffee that's cold and already made. Yeah. Anyway, guys, what did you think of this movie at the end of the day? How does it leave you feeling? Uh, like it was awesome. I very much enjoyed Get Out. I know we, we went on a tangent there, but Get Out was legitimately awesome. I think that was our most topical tangent ever, though. Well, maybe not the Marvel part, but <laughs> the whole, like, how do you feel as a person in America part. Yeah, for sure. No, this movie was great. Uh, I loved it. Very thought-provoking, and um, it also just made me feel a lot better by the end of it um than i did towards the middle but overall i thought it was pretty great and like the thing is you take all the the like the race stuff out of it it's still one of the best horror movies that's come out in the last a long time yeah yeah i would agree with that just as like a, a film it's very right. even if we if you take even a, if we had totally perfect race relations this would still be a banger film yeah for sure especially among horror movies yeah just the the, the, the concept of a family kidnapping people to you know transmit their right being, you know. and it was not particularly scary um but i've definitely heard that the movie we're watching next week is terrifying yeah i'm uh, very scared <laughs> i also think it's probably going to be our least downloaded episode ever <laughs> I, I mean i don't know about because that. no <laughs> one's gonna see that movie that listens to our show except for <laughs> rachel dickhausen <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel like everyone's going to go in a theater expecting, like, a, a Get Out 2, and it's just not nope, going to be that. Nope, Negative yeah. Ghost Rider. They are going to be terrified. Yeah. Still and super excited to see it, though. You want to hear my thoughts on how much of a little Fortnite I was watching the entire movie, you can tune in next week. I'm so scared. I'm terrified. I'm seeing it opening night. Do you have tickets? Nope. <laughs> it's probably fine. This is Roanoke, Virginia. There are yeah. as many movie theater seats as there are people in this town. <clears throat> um, but I, I mean, that's also, I can get tickets. That's not a problem. I just, that's the only time, because uh, Kate wants to go with me, and that's the only time she's available between now and when we record. Awesome. So, let's, is there a villain? All of the family. Everybody except Chris. The whole family. Everybody except They're Chris genius. and genius. This is some, some Heath Ledger level shit. The, like, hive mind villain? Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's the a good mom. One. I would say the mom is the is the the the, the big bad. Yeah, the mom and the grandfather. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the dad's almost doing it just to, like keep the tradition alive, but the mom is just like she's taking full control. I feel like the dad doesn't even know he's doing it. Yeah, I guess. I think at the end of the day, he's just a guy that loved Barack Obama. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's the one doing the surgery. <laughs> right, but yeah. I don't think he's in control of his own like faculties. I think. No, exactly. I, I don't know. I kind of don't. I don't want to believe that the mom's controlling everybody. No, I think that they allow her to. Mm. 
That just seems wild to me that you would get this many people in on it. Like, I know... Oh, I don't think she's controlling the friends. I, that's the thing is, like... I think they sold the friends. I know a bunch of white people, and, like, I don't know anybody that would do this. <laughs> that would buy this? That would buy this product? <laughs> yeah, that would, like, that would be in on this thing. Granted, I guess that I don't live in that sort of affluence... Yeah. No, neither do I. I wasn't about to be like, well, I do. <laughs> yeah, where where like my closest neighbor is across the lake. <laughs> yeah, that's true. My closest neighbor is no more than ten yards away from me at this moment. <laughs> my my neighbor's um, on the other side of this wall. Yeah, well, you live in a city. <laughs> Indeed. Um. Fair enough. Uh, let's put it on the big board. Well, we have to do we have to do Captain Marvel as well, which we said we would do first thing this week. So we're doing it first thing. Before Get Out. <laughs> We're doing it second to last thing. <laughs> uh, I say, okay, starting from the bottom, better than Venom, better than Transformers, better than Crimes of Grindelwald, better than Lego Movie 2, better, better than National Treasure, better than Ralph Breaks Internet, better than Little Bagman, better than Emperor's New Groove, better than Bumblebee, better than Miracle, better than Princess Bride, better than Interstellar, better than Toy Story, better than Batman Begins, better than Dark Knight Rises, better than Toy Story 2, better than How to Train Your Dragon 3, not better than Toy Story 3. Number four is where I'm putting Captain Marvel. I would actually say that Captain Marvel is better than Toy Story 3. I think I liked it better. Mm. But I didn't yeah, like it better than Interstellar, so. Yeah, I would say it's better than Toy Story 3 for sure. Okay, I can jive to that groove. <laughs> a new groove. That's fine with me. I was, I honestly, I, I feel like there's a little part of me that says Toy Story 3 is sacred, but that's fine with me. So that just puts Jurassic Park and Dark Knight above it. I think those go without My Toy Story st stock dropped today specifically. <laughs> <laughs> the Toy TV Story so true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so move Captain Marvel into number three. Uh, Get Out, I think, is... Better than Captain Marvel. I don't think it's better than Jurassic Park, though. No. no. You want to talk about a horror movie that came out in my lifetime? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jurassic Park is sweet. Mm. I, 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 I kind of disagree. I don't think it's better than Captain Marvel. I don't Marvel. think it's better than Captain Marvel, either. Re really? Yeah. yeah. I thought I was throwing y'all a bone on that. No. no. <laughs> I, it's, I mean, it's not, you're not that far off. Like, this is definitely toward the top end of the list. I mean, I can, yeah. there's no particular flaw I could find with this movie. But no, I mean, it's yeah, not yeah, yeah. it's not up there. I but it just doesn't, it just doesn't it doesn't it doesn't make me like there's no there's not as much joy to it. Yeah. Like it's got all the punch that Captain Marvel had, but it has almost none of the joy. Yeah, it's it's a great movie, but it's not like I don't know. Okay. Well I, can I drop you down below Toy Story Two? Probably. I, yeah, I was yeah, I think so. That's above Dark Knight Rise. Mm. I mean it's not better than Interstellar. <laughs> I'm just my goal at this point is just to annoy Tyler as much as possible with that. But I tell you what, Ethan, I'm gonna here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you this link. Where's the chat? Where's the chat? Open conversation. I'm gonna send you this link. Okay. Yeah. You can move Interstellar above anything that's not bold. <laughs> okay. But I'm not gonna look. I can't I can't uh, even open it currently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not looking. My eyes, it doesn't feel good to cover my eyes like that, though, so I'm going to move my hand and rub my eyes, because that actually is kind of soothing. Uh, I actually do not think I can move anything. Well, yeah, you don't drag and drop. You have to, like, delete. Yeah. Add row, though. And you got to adjust all those. But I can adjust the numbers if you just move the thing. I, I am moving the thing. <laughs> I'm not looking. I want you to know, I know. that. I'm not I looking. know. Come on, now. Please tell me I didn't just Fortnite everything up. Oh, God. I mean, you can't. You can't mess it up that way. I can. And I may have. Oh, God. Oh, God. Control Z. I did. I fixed it. Okay. I don't know how to add to this list. Where where are you, where are you putting it? Under How to Train Your Dragon 3. Okay. I will concede some to you, not all the way. But I would say that I, I would say that it's... Honestly, I, for for me, Get Out is probably right between Batman Begins and Dark Knight Rises. I'm okay with that. How do you feel about that, Vey? I think that sounds good. Sounds about right. Ah, Are you adjusting things? I am not touching anything. Oh, gosh. What have I done? <laughs> <laughs> it was the same reaction I had. All right, breakfast food. Good morning. 
bless up. <laughs> what do we got for breakfast? Chef D, what's for breakfast? We've got egg whites, turkey sausage, apple Ciroc. <laughs> that was the heyday. Okay, so if this is a breakfast food, what do, what do we got here? Obviously, there's tea. Oh, yeah. It's got, Yo, got it. Oh, the tea. We didn't mention the tea. We did not mention the tea, but that's okay. When somebody stirs tea around you now, how do you feel? I have never... It, like at no point have I touched the side of a mug with a spoon and not thought about this movie. <laughs> at no point since I saw this two and one two years and one month ago. Yeah, seriously. Like you're drinking tea. I'm just like it'll be a long time before I forget about that for whatever reason. And there's and it definitely even happened today. I'm like, am I hypnotized? Am I in the sunken place? The fallen zone? <laughs> the fallen zone. <laughs> you guys are being mean to me. Okay, I think. <laughs> I couldn't remember one simple thing. You guys are just coming after poor little Tyler. Okay. I think, I really think we underrated Venom. Underrated? <laughs> it was a joke. I really think you should just go ahead and put 47 <laughs> blanks between Transformers and Venom. <laughs> There's not 47 more weeks in your two. I do not care. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put Captain Marvel in bold. You're not allowed to take it away because there's a chance that down the line we're gonna be like I think this other thing is better, and there's a chance something will be better. But you can't it can't can't go below. You know what I'm saying? Right. Those are solid rankings. Right. I got you. I'm with it. Okay. Breakfast food. It will though. always be a dog of Toy Story three. Uh, breakfast food. Fruit. Breakfast, breakfast fruit. fruit. Fruit Loops. Fruit Loops. A cup of fruit. There you loops. go. <laughs> Separately, a cup of milk. <laughs> <laughs> Separate but equal. <laughs> Um, Blank. JK I'm, I'm with the Fruit Loops. I'm with the separate but equal Fruit Loops. <laughs> separate but, separate equal, fruit but equal Fruit Loops. <laughs> Jesus Christ. With a cup of tea. One cup of Fruit Loops, one cup of milk, one cup of tea. And a spoon. And a spoon. Spoons. I'm going to go with uh, a cup of tea, um, an English muffin. Explain that. Uh, it makes you wonder, but it's, it's it still can be good on certain occasions. <laughs> Man, the way you pondering. Vishon <laughs> has a crisis with his English muffins. <laughs> Duly <No>. noted. <laughs> it, it makes you want. That's the. I'm just gonna leave it right there. I don't even want any more explanation. I just want that. I want that on a t-shirt. It makes. It you makes wonder. you wonder, but it's still good. <laughs> I'm with that. I'm with that. Uh, we've done villain. We've done. We've done everything. I think. We've done everything. Look at us. Look at us. Look at us. We're only five minutes over time. That's not too That's bad. Good. Ethan, wrap that's the not show bad up. at all. Fair enough. Vaishon, any last thoughts? Uh, I just want to say thank you guys for having me on here. It was a very cool experience. Also loved reviewing this movie particularly. Um, super excited for our upcoming contest. Um, and you guys are awesome. Thank you. Very much appreciated. Vaishon, where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram at Instagram.com backslash VM Brandon. Actually, that's wrong. At graphite.vmb. Um, that's where you'll find a lot of my awesome designs, including the logo for bacon and eggs. Um, always excited to do work for these guys. Uh, feel free to check it out. Follow me, like, share. Um, and give me feedback. Always looking to uh, do more work, and I'm super excited to share it with you all. Not to be a... You, uh... you listener, can hire Vaishon Brandon <laughs> to do your graphics. Listen, listen. He is he is timely. He is good at what he does. He is not prohibitively expensive, and he is available for work. If you need a logo for a thing, or if you need graphic design work for anything, just like... Email him. <laughs> if he doesn't know how to do it, he will get you in touch. Sometimes I have sent requests to Vaishan for graphics, and he has them back to me within, I don't know, 
14 minutes. <laughs> that has definitely happened. There was also one time where, like, we were being completely inconsiderate, and he was just like, hey, can you guys send me this stuff, like, the day before, please? We're like, well, no, that, like- holy <laughs> shit, we are jerks. No, 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 you're totally fine. I was just like, I was seeing what you're doing on your Instagram, grooving with the post, and I was like, okay, I see what you're doing. And I was like, I, I messed up their groove. Oh, no, you did not You did not throw off the Emperor's groove. You were fine. I literally think it was the Emperor's new groove one, wasn't it? Uh, I think it was, actually. But, yeah. um... Well, Vaishan, we need one for this film. You can write whatever you want. It's a one, and you can write whatever you want in the text field. Oh, it makes you wonder. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go with just like... Like, it's one out of one. Vaishan thinks it's Fortnite. Rad. <laughs> but if you do, like, I won't be mad. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, so that's that's everything. Let me go ahead and list my random number of s- social media handles. Um, first of all, this episode was sponsored, as always, by Carlin Brothers Coffee. You can go to carlinbrotherscoffee.com slash discounts slash bacon and then enter promo code bacon at checkout uh bacon and eggs is filmed in front of a very 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 quiet but live studio audience that says absolutely nothing during the recording process just everybody remember that there's thousands of people sitting here watching us record right now you can't prove otherwise listener you can't you cannot they are incredibly cooperative incredibly quiet they're not even cheering right now this is awesome anyway um you can find me on instagram at bacon and ethan you can find tyler on instagram at americarlin you can find the podcast on instagram at bacon and eggs pod and there will be a giveaway starting today it's live right now as you're listening to this person who's listening to it today if you're listening to this episode in like 12 months uh you missed it sorry but shoot us a dm and be like hey you should do another one of those cool giveaways with the with the with the hand decorated uh and we're gonna be like what and then it'll take then then we'll remember that we did it and then we'll do another one it'll be rad anyway thank you for listening 12 months down the line thank you for listening today march 21st when this episode comes out i just did math in my head i added 19 plus 2 i'm proud of myself anyway you can get in touch with us at baconandeggsmedia at gmail.com if you need to get in touch with us for whatever reason if you just want to talk about the episode, you just want to say hi, you want to tell us how much you like the show or how much you dislike the show or how much you like Vaishan, uh, go for it. BaconEggsMedia at gmail.com. Anyway, I think that's everything. Nope, it's not everything. Our graphics are by Vaishan at Graphite, graphite.vmb on Instagram. And our music is by the lovely Andrew Scott Bell, who we need to get on an episode here shortly because now we've had the graphic designer and we need to get the composer and he's rad. Uh, that's Andrew Scott Bell. You can find him at andrewscottbell.com. I think that's everything. So I'm going to go ahead and say bye. I've been Ethan Edgehill. Well, before before you say bye, Ethan, if you love the show and oh, you right. love coffee, why don't you go over, use your 10% off, save you some money on Carlin Brothers Coffee. And then for less than the price of a Lego movie coffee, you could you could support Patre- Bacon and Eggs on Patreon for an entire year as a member of our Discord server where you can hang out with me, Ethan our beautiful wonderful moderators r.i.p uh you can you can hang out with us all the time and it's, it's a wonderful community you should definitely be a part of it thank you so much for uh for listening to us and we're trying to hit that 100 patron mark we're at like i'm checking right now right now checking right now we're we at are at 87 yeah 87 so we just need 13 more i know there's more than 13 of you that listen to this show that are not current patrons uh it would mean a lot to us if you could help us out. You know, if you find value in this show, um, you know, we put a lot of heart and soul into this. And to me, I, I think it's worth more than a cup of coffee uh, for the podcast that I listen to on, in the car on the way to work. And it would just mean the world to us if you could help I us s- out. I made the pledge today to support some of my favorite podcasts. Did you I indeed? Did. Who you pledged to? Uh, my Brother, My Brother, and Me, and The Adventure Zone. They're doing the, you pledged both. the Max Fun Drive right now. So it all goes through MaximumFun.org. They use their own nice. proprietary NPR-style pledging service. Nice. Um, but anyway, so I supported that, and you can go support the 
podcast that you love. And if that's not us, then uh, tell us how we can become the podcast that you love. And if it is us, please do that. Um, anyway, I think that's it. I've been Ethan Edgehill. He's been Tyler Carlin. Him over there has been Vaishan Brandon. And until next week, Arrivederci. Mm-hmm. You have mm-hmm. one job. I know. I know. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Hold on, I think I had one. Allison Williams.